I have a dream that all men are created equal. How's your health? What are your dietary habits like? You know, I'm really lucky. I've been blessed with a a great constitution. I have a healthy lifestyle and due to my heritage, my genetics, my DNA, just the luck of the draw, I've had the great fortune to do really well when it comes to health and I don't have any dietary restrictions, you know, like allergies or autoimmune diseases, unfortunately, like some people in the community. I'm really blessed. Hello everyone. Welcome back to your story. I'm your host, Ian Kath, and this is episode 47. And what a show we've got today. Literally, this is three shows in one. That's the reason why it's been taking so long, and the content is actually three shows in one. I've mentioned in the past the importance of sharing these stories, and today is the case more in point than usual. I've put an inordinate amount of time into this show. It's been just a huge amount of work, and I've done it for a particular reason, because the subject matter is actually quite profound, and there is the potential to do a great deal of good with this particular episode. There is additional content over on the site. The entire conversations that I did are actually over there for you to go and listen to if you think that it's more relevant to your situation, if you want to dig deeper into the subject matter. There's also quite a bit of content over on the site too. I've um, got a lot of links. I've actually got some images that you might be interested in seeing, and um, we have quite a bit of stuff over on the site as well. Go check all that out. There's actually a one-hour conversation with the parents of the lad who we have a chat with in the middle of the show. There's only a very small section in the show, but there's a lot more content that you can link to over at the site. And also, please, this is one of those situations I ask many times for you to go to the site and comment, but particularly in this particular episode because we have the chance to actually build a resource of information for other people who might come after us. If uh, you know anything about these particular subjects, maybe you might want to put a comment in there already. But if you get a chance to use what we're talking about here, it will add to the information. And then those who come in a year or five years' time and listen to this episode will actually have some more information that they can use. If you know anybody who could be interested in the information on this particular story, please, 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 I put in a lot of effort for this so that people can go out and do stuff with it. I'd love you to be able to share this with them. Tell them where to find the site. Give them the links to the to the site, to the actual podcast episode. Copy it, email it to them, the text. Burn a CD if you want and hand it to them. Put it on a cassette. If you've got an 8-track still, put it on an 8-track and give it to them. I don't care. You can cut yourself a vinyl disc if you wanted, but get this information out there. Knowledge is power, and if they have this knowledge, then they can use it if they choose. That's what this is, show's all about, but this particular episode is about this. And the site, of course, is yourstorypodcast.com. Everybody knows where that is now, don't you? I hope you do. And like I said, comment, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. If this has an effect on you, please post so that everybody can know about it. But if you want to send me a personal email, just you know, between you and I, I'd love to know that. The Facebook fan page is there also. And uh, anybody who uh, hasn't gone over to the Facebook site and signed up, please sign up. It's nice to actually know who's part of this little community that we've got. There's not a lot of people, but you know, it's always good to know that there are people out there. I actually like to have a bit of an idea of which part of the world you're in. And of course, post a um, comment over on iTunes. That's particularly powerful. I love that. 
iota promo net yet again supply the music and what a resource that is if you don't know you can actually grab this particular track that's in the background right now directly from the bottom of the site if you go to the site there is actually get the uh, track get the mp3 if you just click on that it'll download straight to your machine and you'll get this particular track of music the same for all the previous tracks that i've used in the past you can just go to the site and access them directly from there rather than going to iota promenet but uh if you want to get the whole album that they come off that's you go to iota's site and that's where you get that from this is potentially the most valuable show that we've done most of the shows have a strong element of entertainment you know a bit of voyeurism maybe for some of them and a little and some education value of course too but this episode has got a huge amount of education value Cliff Hawkins, who's been involved in research, particularly medical research, for years. He's been running departments and universities. He has a wealth of knowledge. But his family had a bit of an issue, and he actually went about discovering how to help his family. But in doing so, he's managed to come up with something that is a huge benefit to people, and in quite altruistic ways, he actually wants to help the greater community. People take our stuff as an aid to digestion to solve serious health problems. He has come up with some ways of helping people with some of the most debilitating everyday situations, things simply with their diet. And whereas gluten-free bread is like a lump of lead, ours is light and airy and, and so you can make allergy-free milk. We put a half a teaspoon and two litres, take it up with the fridge and people can have a perfect uh, And it's that simple. Fast. Not only does this have an impact on their diet, but it also has a knock-on effect to some very serious conditions. People who buy our stuff are told by a, a medical trained person that they've got a short time to live. They've got a very serious disease and unfortunately we've done all we can and we've tried everything known to man and we failed and we've proved that all the medicines that we've used don't work. Now you can go and die please. But we get people who've been told they've got a set time to live. Have you got into bed with large corporations and companies to... I, I, I made the mistake of doing that at one stage and... Uh, we were really taken to the cleaners. Our family was just, you know, financially destroyed. So let's get into it and find out what this is all about and what is Cliff's story. Twentieth November, two thousand nine. Hello, Cliff. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome to your story. Thank you. I'm a little bit interested in this product of yours. My local bakery, Soul Bread, has started producing a near gluten-free bread out of normal flour. And when I heard about this, I went, how are they doing this? Because it's still got gluten in it. Right. And I was introduced to what you're up to and the product that you're doing. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to start with the product. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Well, if I go back to the start, my family have got food intolerance and allergy and we have Irish blood in our family on both sides. And so our children and our grandchildren have a gene which causes them to react badly to certain foods, such as foods based on wheat and foods based on milk and other things. And um, being a scientist, uh, I thought I should try and solve the problem for our family. And so I started to do research on what was the problem uh, in these foods. 
And the problem is that there are proteins in uh, certain foods we eat, which our bodies can't break down. And if we have particular genes that recognize those problem parts of the proteins, we run the risk of having an, an intolerant reaction to them and stimulating our immune system to such a degree that it causes major health problems. Right, so it is a immune response. It's an immune response to, to food proteins. And you can have this gene all your life and not have it turned on. So you might know you've got a food intolerance in allergy, or, or you might be a male, and male are so in, males are so insensitive that they never work out they've got a health problem. But eventually they will, because once the gene is turned on at some stage in your life by a vaccination or a virus or stress, or you think you're going to become a triathlete or something, your immune system is turned on and it recognises the protein and the reaction is continuous because every day you eat this food and the immune system gets so sensitive um, that it produces proteins that starts to start to harm your body. What I went looking for was a natural food whose um, task given to it by nature was to produce an enzyme which specifically targeted that part of the protein that caused the problem. Now, as it turned out, a large number of plants, we, we looked at all the crops grown in Queensland, worked out which one was very, very specific for the part of the protein that caused the problem. We didn't want a product which just broke down protein in general. We just wanted to do one job, like a pair of scissors that cut the part of the protein which was a problem. So we started looking at things like uh, gluten and wheat and we were able to completely break down the proteins that have the problem in it, the gluten, the various gluten proteins. So with gluten, yeah, it's, a, it's a protein, so I imagine it's a fairly long... It's a big protein. It's large. got multiple, multiple, multiple numbers of these bad parts of the protein. Has it really? I mean, so it's not just one specific... No, 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 it's got... Multiple... It, it's rich in this group. Okay, what about casein that's found in... Casein is also rich. Okay. All the casein. Whether it comes from mother or goat, or cow, or whatever. The problem can emerge when the baby is born, for example. Um, if, if the mother has passed on the, the activation of the gene in uterus, then when the baby emerges, it reacts to the mother's milk, and the oh, wow. baby has colic, and sicks up the milk, and it goes into projectile vomiting, and it becomes quite a challenge for the mother. And, and for the baby just to get nutrition. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, our grandchildren have these sort of problems. Yes. And uh, being a scientist uh, with a uh, sort of a bent towards the medical side, I went through the John Curtin School of Medical Research and I've worked all my life looking to use my, my research to help mankind. I decided that I, I should be able to fix this up, being an optimist. We quickly found uh, that the various gingers that are grown have enzymes uh, at certain stages of their growth, which um, are able to specifically attack these parts of the proteins that are a problem. So we started to, to do in the laboratory experiments showing that we can break down gluten and casein and peanut allergens and soy allergens. And, wow. And uh, then we asked ourselves the questions, where else in, in our life are these sort of proteins found? Everything which is a problem to our health in reality, which is not a physical problem, if it's a chemical problem in a sense, a problem to our health, then um, it's because we have proteins that can't be broken down within our body. See, plants, to survive, evolved so that their energy source is protected from invasion. They keep the energy cells in a protein which no animal can digest. 
encapsulating either the starch or the oil. And so it's its means of protecting its regeneration. Now 70% of Australian population, it's not a problem to, they don't have a gene to recognise the fruit. Over 30% have the gene. Most of those are Irish or Scottish or some Celtic race, Scandinavian or Aboriginal or Asian, South American, African, these sort of people. Western civilization, which um, I describe as wheat and alcohol, was based on the discovery of wheat and it moving westwards because eastwards they'd found rice. What about the rice proteins? Are they... Rice proteins are, are rather deficient in these groups. They have a few of them, but it's not really a challenge. These groups that are uh, an allergen? The Asian people who eat rice, they've got a good diet. What about corn? Corn is an absolute uh, extreme case of these groups, but it's so extreme that nothing can break it down. So it goes one in one end and out the other end and gives you no nutrition. It's very little nutrition you get from corn. Even when it's ground up into a meal? Even when it's ground up. All right. Because you're not grinding up the little capsules that contain the starch and the protein. So, but corn has a nutritional value, doesn't it? 30%. So the other 70% goes in the other end. Of the 30% is the non-gluten type proteins. Okay. A lot of people have a, a reaction to onion. If you want to cook onion, you simply put it in our product and leave it for a little minute, then cook it, and you won't have a reaction to it. Or another one which is important to me is um, wine. Uh, they actually use the seeds in the preparation and the skins. There are proteins in wine that you'll have a reaction to, which is not a good reaction, and it will be a harsh taste, and it will be a number of other factors, and you'll feel a bit of uncomfort. And, uh, discomfort on your stomach. Well, you just put one drop of our stuff in and that wine matures from being a harsh wine to absolutely beautiful wine, <laughs> if it's got quality. Yeah, it's got sure, quality. sure. Wow. Okay, you've, you've run ahead here. Now, what is this thing? You said that there are several types of gingers and mm. from these gingers you've come up with no, what? We, we actually, we believe in keeping the whole, the whole food. We don't separate. We don't purify anything out of it. I mean, we have done that. But our aim is to use a food, not an extract, uh, not a purified extract of the food. Because that way we can market it anywhere in the world as a food. And people can take it without us making any claim. And no one can say, but you can't have that. Because it's a food which is generally recognised as safe. It's been used for thousands of years. And so anyone and, can... And you also don't have to get it certified as such. No as, as some sort of additive no medicine thing. Yeah, right. It's and just the, a food. The pharmacopoeia says you can put gingers in any medicinal product. It is one of the few products in the world where the pharmacopoeia allows you to put it into any medicine. And in fact, in the over-the-counter medicines, 42% of gingers in them for some purpose. There are over 200 bio, bioactive compounds in ginger. We want to use all of them, plus our special one that the others don't have. Okay, so what... There's so much in this. Mm. <laughs> um, how, how did you know ginger? How did you know to go to ginger to well, start with rather than bananas? Well, we looked at bananas, because bananas is an interesting one too. But um, the, the protein which is the hardest for us to digest is in fact what gives us our backbone. Uh, in our backbone we have collagen especially a special collagen, which is a triple helix, type triple helix, and it's made up of multiple groups which we're talking about. We said, well, if we can get a protein, an enzyme, which can break down collagen efficiently, we can break down anything with these groups, because it's such a difficult one to break down. 
collagen thankfully doesn't respond to our stuff at, at our body temperature or room temperature. The meat industry was interested in being able to tenderize there. They, they gave me a challenge about the same time as I was doing this other work to find a, a food which that you could put into meat so that when you cook the meat, and only when you cook the meat, you tenderize the meat. And so the challenge I took on was I would tenderize meat between 50 degrees and 67 degrees centigrade. 67 you want to turn it off so it doesn't over tenderize. It's used now commercially. Right, so, so you put it in a warming cabinet, it basically tenderizes and then you put it on the barbie and cook it up. No, it's much simpler than that. We, we actually put it into, a, 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 we have it as a dry powder, we put it into oil and you just rub the oil into the meat and cook it as normal and it, it, it improves the palatability by a huge amount. Just as it's rising in temperature before it gets very hot? Absolutely. Wow, so it's just a one action use? One action use. And you don't have to wait around for an hour to marinate or anything. Yeah. Uh, if you use the, the oils that we use, it takes the, all, the, all the spices you want through the meat. I mean, the Centre for Meat Research in Australia is named after me. It's dear to my heart, and uh, that's why I'm so large. So this is for breaking down collagens? Well, it's the same problem part of the protein. The reason why we can't digest it ourselves efficiently, like the connective tissue in meat, you chew this tough meat, you can't digest it, it goes down and you get a lump in it. We buy the cheapest meat. We even buy Coles cow that's walked from Darwin, you know, and um, where you can't get your teeth in normally, but we just put our tenderizer on, it becomes as good as a $37 piece of steak. And does that mean because the collagen has been broken down that it's actually then digestible? Absolutely. So you get better nutrition out Absolutely. of it, as well as the comfort. And, and then you've got another advantage. Most cattle, most meat, uh, before it became meat, while it was still alive, was eating cereal grains. And so the gluten proteins are incorporated into the fat of the meat. And so people often say, I have a reaction to meat. They don't. They have a reaction to gluten that's in the fat of the meat. So people who have gluten intolerance will often say to me, I don't eat red meat. And I say, how can you possibly not eat red meat? And they say, well, it gives me a pain in the stomach. I say, well, it's not the red meat, it's the gluten. So here, rub my stuff in and you won't have a problem. Let's backtrack again. How did you pick ginger? How come ginger? Well, we looked at a lot of products, but if you think back through Chinese, I mean, Chinese have been using gingers for many, many years. The ginger is a very special group. And you doing the science thing, you went through all of these and sort of poked around to see which was going to work yeah, best. Uh, we've only been doing this for 40 years, so we spent a long time finding the best <laughs> It's like all good things. Yeah. Success happens overnight after 40 years. But then we, we found that we could solve my family's problems with uh, gluten. And how is, how is the family now that right. everybody's fighting for I mean, they live on it. I mean, everyone lives on it. Yeah. But it's, it's more important. There are many diseases that have this problem. And uh, the more serious the disease, the more of these groups are associated with it, so the better our stuff can work. So we, we have not had enough funds really to, to get the independent clinical trials to go out on the marketplace. So it's been word of mouth, people take our stuff as an aid to digestion to solve serious health problems. If you think of what comes from food intolerance, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease from food intolerance. Uh, schizophrenia is an autoimmune disease from food intolerance. Uh, autism is an autoimmune disease from food intolerance. ADHD. Many, many, many diseases. Chronic fatigue syndrome. Celiac disease is an autoimmune consequence from food intolerance. It is not the main disease. It is an autoimmune disease coming from food intolerance. And, uh, so, the, you know, autoimmune diseases are a whole range of issues. Yeah, what it means and is you think most of them, if not all of them, come from food intolerance? It comes from a hypersensitive immune system. And so they go and interact and, uh, with parts of your brain, and they interact with the 
whole range of your body. And these diseases come from specific cytokines causing the disease. Now, since they're bad proteins, they have our group in it, so our stuff does give them a cut and reduce them down to normal levels. Okay, so you're actually impacting on modulating stuff that's causing the actual the condition. Yeah. quickly. Okay, so let's take gluten in, as right. a case in point. So somebody's got celiacs, so they mm. can't normally eat it, but mm. with your product in a loaf of soul bread, that they, they can. They can. And that's because they still get all the benefits of the protein mm. because the bad bits have been destroyed. dealt with, mm. actually destroyed? Yeah, the bad bits are actually destroyed, they're broken okay. up. Okay, so all the other bits of the, the gluten protein that are valuable, mm. that are not harmful, are mm. still digested. That's right. I mean, what the serial chemists tell me when I say I'm going to break down the, the gluten protein, they say, well, you won't be able to make any bread or cakes or anything. And so I said, right, I'll challenge you. I'll show you that I can break it down. And then we'll go in the laboratory and we'll make bread and we'll make cakes and we'll do all these things. And then we'll analyze the gluten, show it's broken down. And then you tell me. And then all the managers, they came down for a blind taste test. They didn't know which of which. And every person for every product picked our stuff as superior to their stuff. Wow. So not only did it make it safer for them, it made it more palatable. People who have food intolerance can eat it, not have a reaction. Wow. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. What is this product now? Why can't I just go out and get a lump of ginger, chop it up and you throw can. it in? Uh, if you buy powdered ginger at the supermarket, powdered ginger would have an activity we're talking about of somewhere between zero and eight. I've never found a ginger anywhere in the world with a higher activity than eight. Ours is about 40,000. <laughs> a bit of difference. And you don't want to put in too much because you don't want to change the flavour of the wine or the bread or the milk. We can get allergy-free milk. I mean, you can put in a, a lactase to get rid of the lactose problem, which is certain people have, but more people have casein problems. So you can make allergy-free milk The people who are allergic to milk. So if you've got a casein allergy, you just put some of this additive into a we bottle of milk? A, yeah, we put a half a teaspoon in two litres. Take it up, put it in the fridge, and people can have a perfect case in tolerance. And it's that simple? Fast. It's not poo-poo dust, you know. It is science. Yeah, no, no, no. It's I, an enzyme I, which is designed to do that. So, uh, you know, without giving away any right. secrets, what is it? How did you come up? How did you... Do you just get a whole mound of ginger and pull an enzyme out of it? Or no, do you grow something in vats? Of course I did do that. And I, I isolated the enzyme and studied it and... You know, I've cloned it, we've done all those yeah. sorts of things. It's got over 200 useful compounds in it. And in nature, these enzymes can function by themselves, but I'll let you know a secret, they can function much better when all the components of the ginger are present. And my belief is in all my chemistry that unless you have love for what you're doing and give it that love to what you're doing, you'll botch it every time. So our protection is the fact that other people don't share the love for what we're doing. We can we can get a product every time the same. Right. Do you actually you actually manufacture from ginger? I take it. Yes. 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 Where do you get the ginger from here? Queensland coast. Yeah. And do you have specific farmers growing it in certain conditions? Well, we have to go and look at each year because each climate's different. Right. I can't just go to the market and buy ginger. Yeah. That doesn't work. Okay. So it's incredibly specific. Well, that's why we can do it and other people can't. Basically. Yeah. Oh, more power to you. More power yeah. to you. you yeah. know, this is uh, this is. This is alchemy. Yeah, foo-foo does. One of our problems is it's so powerful that people say, can't do all those things. And I say, no, no, we only do one thing. We, we prepare a pair of bent scissors 
where everyone else uses a pair of straight scissors. And why would you prepare a, bent, a pair of bent scissors? Well, all these proteins are bent, and so it can go and cut the bent proteins, but the ones with straight scissors can't cut the bent proteins. Right, right. And actually, it is a bend in the protein structure that we're after. Which proteins have most of these things in, in, in their structures? Collagen is one, but uh, prions in mad cow disease, which uh, people don't know how to destroy that. Well, our stuff can destroy prions. I've done the work in laboratories with the, the different forms of prions. And for a virus to be a virus, to, to be bad for you, it has to coat itself in proteins that your body can't break down. If your body can break it down, it won't be able to damage you. So for a virus to invade your body and do its functions, it has to have on its surface a protein which is non-digestible by our digestive system. And so it has to have multiple uh, groups that our stuff attacks. So we can cut the proteins off the surface of a virus or a bad bacterium. Some bacteria we can't because they're coated in polysaccharide and our stuff can't cut polysaccharide, but many of the bad bacteria, all the viruses, all cancer cells, have on the surface proteins which are important for their functioning. If I was able to give them a haircut, that cancer cell will not die, but it can't do what it wants to do. It can't bind to one another to form a tumour. It can't cause damage to your body. And then your body's got a chance to work on it. It goes through normal program death and the body lives on. I've worked on the Barry Reef for 16 years. I've got no skin cancer. No. My no. hands are soft. Oh. I use a cream on it. Well, you might manufacture a cream with this. Absolutely, because it just softens the collagen. Gets rid of any problems on your skin. It's a product which we've worked on for a long time. We've had as experimental animals our whole family. And that's been very important for us because we can experiment on ourselves and not on others. We have an extended family uh, that have got Irish blood in them. So we've got a large number of experimental animals. And we know it's safe, so we're not putting people at risk and we've been able to work out how to use it for different applications. The company's called BioHawk. Yes. What's the name of the product? Well, we've got different products. One's called Digest Easy, and that's the solution. Kept in the freezer at the pharmacies, but use it in it from the fridge. And the other's called uh, Relief. Both sold as an aid to digestion. We do not sell them to solve any disease. But word of mouth tells people that you can use it for a whole range of things. And you sell this product online? We sell it online, we sell it through pharmacies, Maloo pharmacies. And I've noticed that you've got quite a few agents all yes. around Australia yes. who, who sell it. And, and we've got a clientele around the world because people who buy our stuff are told by a, a medical trained person that they've got a short time to live. They've got a very serious disease and unfortunately we've done all we can and we've tried everything known to man and we failed. And we've proved that all the medicines that we've uh, use don't work. Now you can go and die in peace. And at that stage people say well there must be an alternative. People don't want to die. When the doctor says you've got two days to live they say well I better act fast. So they talk to people and people say why don't you ring that person up and have a talk to him. So we get people who have been told they've got a set time to live. We don't get many people who have just found out they've got cancer. We don't get many of them because they believe implicitly in the medical profession, as I do. But the medical profession have proven that they can't solve these sort of problems. Like we, we've got a group at the moment, really seriously ill people, and these are not young people, so 
they're really past their prime, the medical profession sees it as a, they're expendable. One had acute myeloid leukaemia, told three weeks ago they had two days to live. Two days, that's and not long. Their blast cell population in their bone marrow was eight, 98%, not many other cells left. They called the family together and said, bad luck. Uh, we've been trying to treat you for two years and we failed and uh, you know, you're better prepared to die. Thankfully, someone told them, well, ring this person up. He left hospital last week. His white cells are growing, his red cells are growing. He feels strong and well. And we believe that he'll completely recover from that. And things like pancreatic cancer, where the person said they've got three weeks to live, and they go back in three weeks on the doctor and there's no sign of it. Okay, so we're up on the food allergies and the experiences behind them. But now that we're getting into some serious conditions, my thinking is that's important that we get some first-hand direct experiences. This is where Christopher from Sydney comes in. To understand exactly what happened in one case, I spoke with his parents. I suppose this story is not my story, but it's the story of our son, Christopher. So last year, he developed a bit of a cough, and it was persistent. You know, we, we tend to cure ourselves. You know, we're getting concerned, so we thought, well, let's go to the doctor and get an X-ray at least. We got the uh, X-ray, and they saw a bit of a enlarged heart. Something's happening in the chest area there. So come 18th of June, they decided, oh, we're going to do a full biopsy, so under general anaesthetic. That almost killed him. They cut him open and they poked around. They cut out bits and pieces of this of the lymph area around the chest. That biopsy finally showed a, occasional Reed Sternberg cells. Bingo! We've got a diagnosis. So you've got Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now the size of this thing was thirteen and a half centimeters by nine. From the top of your neck, sort of thing, down to around the bottom of your or middle of your rib cage, half the depth, I think, back into your chest. Uh, he was basically on life support for three and a half days after the biopsy because they irradiated him. They did give him one dose of chemo as, as a burst. Now the PET scan's quite interesting because it shows up in color, what a normal, and in color and 3D, what a normal X-ray might show. The beauty of that is you can see the tumor and you see in the first one, there's massive redness where the chest area is. Now on the second PET scan, there's nothing there. And the redness shows up highly active cells. Follow-up PET scans were basically when we had exited the system. They didn't want us to leave. Now, they were reluctant to let us go. And even on that day, when Natalie and Christopher were walking out of the hospital, they said, look, you know, we want you to have chemo tomorrow. Saying, no way. We want to go home and, and clear our heads a little bit before we get stuck into this next week. I mean, you've booked us in next week. What's the, what's the urgency now? During the course of that time, we'd found an external doctor. Then he decided to run a second PET scan. He had a third PET scan uh, not long ago in October. So what came up in the second and third PET scans? Well, this is the interesting thing. that The doctors... They almost brush over actual physical evidence and results. The uh, radiologist uh, specialist said, uh, there's no one that could tell me that after the second PET scan that Christopher had cancer. So that's 40 days after we were admitted to hospital. This radiographer is looking at the, the PET scan and said, there's no cancer there. Uh, the doctor looked at Christopher and he said, so, you know, what do you want to do? And Christopher said, there's no way that I would have chemo. You're basically saying that the doctors identified that there was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yes. Down the track, a second PET scan and the CT scans showed that appeared to be gone. But yes. The diagnosis had was there, so therefore yes. treatment needed to be enacted. So yes. the doctors, despite the fact the evidence showed that there was nothing there, because mm. it once existed, wanted to keep moving. Yes, because... 
it becomes now a legal issue. It's not a medical issue. The ginger is, a, is an assistant to your own body's defences to go in there and actually cure you. So do you feel that in this situation, the ginger fixed the problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It was a catalyst. It was part of it. I, I threw everything by the kitchen sink at Christopher. So, you know, I can't say I just had the ginger, but there's quite a lot of people now that we're assisting that are just simply having the ginger and that are, that have been given months and they're turning the page and they're, they're getting better. There's great evidence out there already. So it's not just my case. Uh, I'm, we're not the only one. There's many, many people. Cliff's a great man. Um, you know, he should be nominated for Australian of the Year, in my opinion. What would have happened if yep. you hadn't gone with your ginger? Being in the system, what would have happened? Well, my opinion, he wouldn't be with us. How does this make you feel? Great. I love it. You Especially know, when they come and tell us. A lot of people, I mean, it depends on what sort of person they are. The Aboriginal, one Aboriginal lady rings me up every month and finds out, asks me how I am. Rather than saying, you know, the other way around, but she says, how are you? I worry about you. Do you have enough money to do what you, you know, she worries about me. And a number of patients will get cured and they'll communicate with you and come and give you a hug and a kiss and, and say thank you. Not many. A lot of people that say, okay, he's fixed me up, I've paid for the goods, I don't owe him anything, away they go. That's fine. I'd love to learn from them, you know, how they reacted to us. Yes. About a third give me all the medical records. Most doctors don't want me to get them, but I get them. And I'm able then to go through and study how our stuff reacted with them and learn something from them. And they get follow-on checks while they're using your Absolutely. product? So you can I actually keep them under the medical all the time. Right. And, I, and I tell them, I'm a scientist, not a medico. Yes, yes. You follow what the medico says. And they say to the doctors, I've, I've been told I have to follow what you say. And some medicos actually will say, wait a minute, what is he saying? <laughs> so they'll actually listen a little bit, but not many. Not many. You got onto this because your family's got this heritage. Mm. And you started studying. You said 40 years. 40 years ago, 1967, the first time. I mean, I've been doing a lot of things in my life. I, you know, I've run universities. I've, I've had a very busy international scientific career, and this was a side issue. And, but it came a time when I decided to leave academia and, and commercialise what I've been doing. In 1996, we registered a company and started to produce the product. You see, it's not just for humans. Unless we sort of had money behind us to get it on the pharmaceutical list or registered by TGA, I'm never going to make money out of what I'm doing with the human, helping human people. You get a lot of emotional benefit, but you don't get monetary benefit. Our aim is to produce something which is not too costly, but it can help other animals, like cattle and chickens and racehorses. Now we're talking business because these are large numbers, and we can grow a chicken through the normal process, and the, and the person who produces the chicken makes an extra 90 cents per bird by using our stuff. And now it's worthwhile. The way we make money is like racehorses. All horses on tra in training are fed too much of the wrong thing. And they all react badly to the food. And so if they have our stuff as a supplement, their gut's not hurting them. They're not getting so many toxins into their blood. And so the horse enjoys racing. Where if he doesn't have our stuff, that's painful for the horse to mm -hmm. race. Our stuff's been used right around the world, from the top stables in the world, making racehorses enjoy doing what they're doing tested by the stewards as a normal food additive, not as an aid to performance, simply allowing them to digest their food. 
So it's a useful thing. Have you got into bed with large corporations and companies? To... Oh, I, I made the mistake of doing that at one stage and um, a firm which was, I thought, would have appreciated the fact that we were removing from their food serious health problems. I won't identify the company, but I thought they, they invested in us for that purpose, but they actually invested in us, I think, to close us down and remove a threat to their business and try and completely destroy us, which they did actually. Destroyed us financially anyway. Really? To get back the IP, I had to, you know, I was asset stripped, as they say. I had people who, whose lives depended on me providing the um, product. So I had to start up again from nothing. So what was their strategy? That it was basically you were a threat to their... We are a threat because it, it's like the cigarette. They were making products, which they called health food products, which um, they knew for a certain percentage of the people in the population were causing serious health problems. And they were saying to people, our stuff is healthy for you, when they knew that 30% were getting very serious diseases. These people saw it as a threat because I was going out saying, don't eat that sort of food unless it's got our stuff in, because it will hurt you. And so their idea was to destroy me and the company. And we're talking about um, wheat-based products, egg-based products, oh, those, so, those sorts of products. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same a bit with... I mean, our problem is, like the medical profession, we're a threat. Because if we can feed a food to someone and cure a serious problem, they say, but hang on a minute, what's my role in all this? Well, your role is to work with the patient, to analyse the patient, to diagnose the disease, and to use the best technology to cure the disease as possible, but they don't see that. Same with any company, we are a threat. So you got the intellectual rights back, yes. and you had to fight tooth and nail to get that? I spent a lot of money. Ruined you by the sounds of it. Oh, I did ruin the but anyway. But you're back on top, but you've got this great spirit, you know, oh, you've got spark in your eyes. Well, we had to, in a sense. You have to have optimism, and you have to get pleasure out of what you're doing. And it keeps us healthy. I mean, I'm ancient, and we are healthy. Our family's healthy. I'm going to ask you, how old are you? I'm 70. Okay. And my skin is in good order. <laughs> You've got better skin than me. Yeah. <laughs> and we enjoy life. And all my family, otherwise would be sick people. Mm. Whoever comes in that door and talks to me, I ask them the question, what turned on your food intolerance? And they'll be very specific. I, at a particular time in their life, after that time, they had a problem. And it was after they had a virus or after they had a vaccination. Now, the kids would, of today... Would normal stress be involved in that too? Can be. Or they become a triathlete. Everyone wants to be absolutely fit. Well, your immune system is going to be absolutely turned on. Now, if you, if you think of all the things they're talking about, why are all our kids obese? Why are all our young kids got diabetes? Why are all our kids now getting rheumatoid arthritis? Why are they getting all these diseases? We are vaccinating them with a vaccine which turns that on and the medical profession is not recognising that that vaccine is going to cause them a health problem you have to deal with. It. I'm not saying don't be vaccinated. All my grandchildren have been vaccinated. I want you to understand. Because I'm not going to say them, don't get vaccinated. But immediately after vaccination, do something to solve the problem. And there are specialists who use our stuff to reverse the problem. I'm a scientist and they're my friends. And I keep saying, you are doing the wrong thing. Stop it you are causing a health problem for 30% of the population. They think they're doing good for mankind. I'm telling you that you're hurting 30%. 70% need your stuff, but not the 30%. What about wholesale 
give it to everybody, mass immunisation. I'm completely against it. You only need it. The 70% might need it, but the 30% certainly don't need it. And yet they're giving it to the 30% first. How are people going to know whether they're in the 30 or in the 70? If they've got food intolerance, they'll know. If the food intolerance hasn't been turned on yet. Well, if it's not turned on, the virus will turn it on, and then they'll know it. And the vaccine could turn it on too. Oh, absolutely, will turn it on. I'm saying it will turn it on. Yeah, yeah. Then they've got a problem. But it's a, it is a serious problem. I mean, people, young children who have been using our product for a serious like chronic fatigue and, and depression and all these things, they go to school and they get jabbed for hepatitis B. This is your passion by the looks of it? Well, it's, it's something which disturbs me because, like, you know, there's one with cervical cancer. And they say, oh, we have to vaccinate girls because they've got a small chance of getting cervical cancer. But that's an easy one to solve. You simply have to get our cream on the applicator and stick it up into the cervix. Gone in a couple of days. Gone. The doctors report no sign of cervical cancer. But they're risking the 30% by giving a vaccination. Now I say, we'll do boys next. Mm, they are. Why? And it's not even for cervical cancer, it's for the virus. Papillomavirus. That's right. Papillomavirus is an easy one because it is so rich in these groups I'm talking about. We can get rid of papillomavirus very quickly. Like, quickly. The worse the virus and the worse the cancer, the faster our stuff works. If something's barely a problem, our stuff takes a long time to get rid of it because it hasn't got many of these groups. We, we think we can help mankind. We, we have a foundation where we want to help people in different countries. And if ever we get financially viable again, I want to set up places in those sort of areas where they can make their own products and administer them themselves. You've mentioned a few times that it's a bit tough financially. Yeah, we, I mean, we were really taken to the cleaners. Our family was just you know, financially destroyed. And we're at a stage in our development, and people now, because we've been helping, people are now talking to us about investing in us, which is very useful for us. Because if we don't get it, we'll have to go, we just can't survive. So, what, actually close the doors? Well, yeah, basically, in the sense that, it, I mean, the people here are doing it for love, not for money. And um, But we've got people who are, we've helped and uh, are prepared to uh, raise money to put into us. I'm hopeful that that will happen. It's, it's interesting that the wealthy people, the people who should say, come on, I'll help you because you've helped me, I've risked, you've changed my life. No, they don't come on off. It's something, they don't say thank you and go off and do their thing. But the poor people worry about you, like that Aboriginal lady who's dear to my heart, ringing out and worries about me. And I think that's beautiful that she does that. Mm. And, um, but we'll survive. I mean, God is on our side and we're helping people, so I think we'll be okay. But what until now, it's been a struggle. Yeah, and, and getting shafted by a corporation. Well, I've learned a lesson. I learned a lesson there, which I should have known, but I just had, I won't go into why I believe them, but I believe that they would treat us properly. But uh, after we've gone through all those struggles, they had a plan in place and well ahead of time and they met their plan to the day. So they were very efficient after a while. And those sort of companies um, have got enough money to destroy anyone. And when you've got very little money, they can destroy you very quickly. If at the end of the day, you just can't make it viable, will you sell to somebody in the US? No, no, we will, no. 
we, we would, we're, we've of course got a backup plan for that. We think we can, we can get it, and not to a big company. We can, maybe there's a group of people who are, we've got similar aims to ourselves, we might do it, but I, I've learnt that unless you are driving something yourself, unless you've got the, you know, you're driven by something, they'll destroy it. And big companies especially, they, they think they can do it better. They thought they can make our product. They didn't believe anything we said. They just didn't believe that you had to do it this way. And the classic would be just to find the active ingredient and try and synthesise that. That'd be the, the easy cop yeah, out. But then they would never have, they would try that. Yes, yes. But it would never work as but, well. But that is the classic thing to do. You know, Absolutely. You know, like you know, aspirin, just make the component. That's what they want to do. Yeah. Stick with the organic, original way of doing plant. it. The plant. Because it's a food. And I can put it into any product anywhere in the world. And no one can say you no. cannot do that. No FDA regulations. No toxicology. In FDA, there's a box. Dry ginger. A ticket. My product can go in. Or uh, crude ginger extract. I've got a solution. But it's a ticket. I let it go in. And it can be used. As long as I don't make a claim that it's going to cure cancer or do something like that, which I don't do. Yeah, which is what my product what's coming. is an aid to digestion. We will do the proper clinical trials. We'll pick the cancers which the medical profession can't solve, like leukaemia or, or like especially acute myeloid leukaemia or, or pancreatic cancer or cervical cancer. Things where they can try with their hardest. We can do it in days. We can cure the problem in days. We'll do the clinical trials. We'll get it registered in Australia and elsewhere. We will then have a, a worthwhile product to help mankind now through the pharmaceutical benefit schemes and doctors are protected from their insurance. You know, a medico worries about the legal consequences of using some alternative medicine. Because while they're using a, a product which has gone to, to a therapeutic goods administration or FDA, their insurance is covered. But if someone dies when they're using alternative medicine, they're not covered by the insurance. So the first question they always ask is, is this covered by my insurance? Now, if they took the time to ask the insurance company, as some specialists have done, the insurance company will say, what is it? Ginger. Oh, what's the problem with ginger? Of course you can use it. All right. If you think it works, you'll use it. And it's okay by us. But the, most medicos simply say, uh, 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 it's not on the list of products. Or you get a cancer to disappear. I mean, seriously, disappear before their eyes, when they've got beautiful pictures. Now, their worry is, I diagnosed this to be pancreatic cancer and I told the person that they had a short time to live and now the images we get shows no pancreatic cancer and we open up and look and there's no pancreatic cancer, that person can take me to court for wrongful diagnosis and they are now legally liable. And, and we had a case which was an interesting case of a person with pancreatic cancer who had recovered so quickly with our stuff the doctor said, oh now you recovered so well I'll give you chemotherapy. Well, he died under the chemotherapy. Oh, no. Yeah, with breast cancer. A lady had breast cancer. She was going in to have a mastectomy. And I said, well, you've got three weeks. Try it. And, and she was feeling really good. She went in the doctor. And I said to her, get the doctor to do a, a study before he, he puts you under the knife. He wouldn't do that. Took her breasts off. And then he said, but you had no active cancer. How come you had no Having done it, taken out the lymph nodes and done that, he said, oh, your cancer wasn't active. Why didn't he do that before? Cliff, you're, you're a scientist. And a scientist 
by definition, has to follow the rules of observable and provable techniques. A lot of people, and I'm talking particularly here about the medical industry, say that your product is not proved. It hasn't been through the regime. Absolutely right. Now, as a scientist, you're in conflict with the medical science. Yeah, but what I can do... With this. How do you reconcile that? Well, what I ask for is the patient the person to keep under the medical fraternity and to ask them for assays on a regular basis, much more regular than normal. And I want them. And so I actually analyse the progression every time I get one. How is this patient? Is the patient returning to health or not? That's what I base mine on. What has changed? Is there any evidence that that person is now healthy? If he's not healthy, your blood analysis or your marker analysis will tell you you're not healthy. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with this. I mean, this is a grown-up version of anecdotal well, evidence, isn't it? No, no, it's scientific. Well, yeah, sure, it's measured. Yeah. It's measured. Or it, we but... get a CAT scan. Your own eyes. The same as the doctor. Or a PET scan or an MRI. Okay, so the information that you've gathered, why it's proof to you, yeah. but why isn't it proof to the system? Well, the, the reason is this, that they believe miracles happen. I believe miracles too, by the way. But they say, oh, it just happened that the, the cancer disappeared. Yeah, that, that one's allowed, and, isn't and it? Therefore, I have to say, until I prove by independent, absolutely independent, formal clinical trials, I can't really make a claim. And that's what we're trying to raise money for. We will do independent clinical trials. Now, it's a bit hard for some of these things. Like people with pancreatic cancer, they say, I'll oh, do a formal independent. If I don't treat them in a couple of days, they're dead. Yeah, but you've got to have a control group. and the How control, can you have a control that, group? Well, this is the difficulty, isn't it? A control group, by definition, in this case, would die. There are diseases where the medical profession recognises they cannot treat, like acute uh, myeloid lymphoma. For them to treat that, it's sort of five years hard work. And then waiting uh, a couple of weeks is not going to really change it. Right? So that one, the chance of solving it is zero. We have to get a medico who's got enough faith in science that he'll do something different with these patients where they know they cannot help. I prefer to do something which is non-treatable. Give me a pancreatic cancer. You've got one day to 30 months to live. Give me someone where they know they can't fix it. And then say, well, just give me three weeks and see what happens. Or an acute myeloid lymphoma or something like that, where they know they can't fix it. Give me three weeks and see what happens. They surely can get ethical clearance for that. And things like papillomavirus, easy. I can do papillomavirus on warts. You know, I can, if you've got an active wart, big wart, which has got a papillomavirus, I can show by putting my stuff in, by the way, it's gone. Right. Now, that's an easy test almost anybody can do it. Easy home. test. Now, you have, to, you have to select things like skin cancers and warts and pancreatic cancer and these things, rather than attacking, say, breast cancer. Where breast cancer is a very complicated disease, there's many causes of breast cancer, and the cancer is not going to evaporate. And so you'll just see it change and then become benign. Or like liver cancer. Liver cancer, the, the cancer doesn't disappear. It just becomes a bit of benign rock in your liver, and your liver lives happily. Did you know that it was going to end up messing around with major health issues when you first started down this path 40 years ago? I thought it would be easier to convince people. I mean, of course, I'm an optimist. I just thought when they saw the cancer disappear, they'd say, it's great. 
that doesn't happen. The people think it's great, the family think it's great, but the medical profession don't understand it. I have to have money, in reality, to go down. There are scientists in Australia who, who are medicos who hold senior positions in the say, cancer field, and there are many of them, who, who can, I can sit down and persuade them, if I've got the money, for them to do a trial and for them to get clinical trial and they to, for them to write up the paper, not me, and publish it. You're not a young man. No, I'm not. What are you doing about the heritage of this product, Malta? Well, all the people who work for me are uh, part of our family and, and some of those people are professionally trained and they've been trained. And we've got microbiologists and biochemists. And, so um, the family will care for this product when you're They'll continue and they care for the intellectual property. And they've learnt the lessons that you've been through? I do what I tell them to do. <laughs> other, you know, where other people think they know best. Yep. Everyone knows best. I've learnt that. I mean, I probably am the same, by the way. It's, but that's all right. It's my business. So I, I can, you know... Well, as the I'm developer, inventor, you're allowed to. I'm know. allowed to. Yeah. My business. I can fail or succeed or yeah. whatever. And, but my family know how to make it, and, and my family well-trained. My, my daughter is trained in making confectionery in the top school of confectionery in the world. And so she can follow a recipe to make a food. And, uh, I love that. You're talking about this amazing product uh, and now you're relating to confectionery. But it's the same thing. And, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. It is so incredibly, beautifully simple. We, we've got a, our technology for making it. I mean, my idea is that unless you make it so simple that it's foolproof, they'll bug it. So our method of making our product is unbelievably simple right? I'd love to know but I know you can't uh, tell me but we disguise it in the sense that we, we, we have our magic in a packet and so anyone can say make it but I'll never be able to make it because yeah. it's like all good art we've got our foo-foo dust yes, in a pack yes, yes, yes. and if we make it in any part of the world they can make it we'll teach them how to make it but they have to buy off us our foo-foo dust that we put in Right, and, yes, um, the, the extra ingredient that nobody else knows about. And we'll disguise it so no one knows yeah. what's in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, They can try No us. one other person has the entire no, recipe. That's our family. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Coca-Cola does the same thing, yeah. don't they? We, uh, and we've got a team of people already to join. So many people believe in us. They've been waiting for us to get money. They've not had money. We only deal with people who are poor. And they're saying, as soon as you get it, we'll come and join you and we'll help make it. We've got people who are very good at, you know, large-scale productions and technical people and scientists who will say, oh, well, come and join it. And we'll do that together. But they'll never learn the secret of how we make ah, it. And fair enough, Tim. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, you've got to keep it in and, the family. Uh, our family, they all work for nothing. I don't earn anything. So all the people in this building here? I don't earn a cent. I don't earn a cent. Do you manufacture here? Yeah. We just, we survive, uh, we survive by the grace of God, basically. But we have rescued many, many people's uh, lives. Mm. Um, and we'll get back to being big producers for the cat industry, for the chicken industry, for the sheep industry, the goat industry, the horse industry, the cats and dogs. Sounds like you're looking at that uh, animal husbandry as the way it's in. where we make the money. Of course, you've got large numbers, and we can help them. They can make more money. You have to show them you can make more money. Chicken growers make an extra 90 cents a bird. Big money. Cattle growers make more for their meat. Yeah, well, it's sad, isn't it? We actually put more value on the money that those guys can make than we will on the health of somebody Absolutely. in the medical industry. Racehorses. If, if I can feed my stuff to a racehorse on Wednesday and he wins, say, $30,000 on a race on Saturday, 
that's a pretty good return, isn't it? On and the a, trainer says, hang on, that, that cost me very little bit of money, and I'm making good money, I'll keep using this stuff. Definitely. definitely. So, I mean, our stuff was, was used before it got destroyed by the Royal Family in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and, and, and the Singapore Turf Club. Horses with our stuff won some of the most important races, most valuable races in the world with very good prices because until they started taking our stuff, they won much. And in Hong Kong Jockey Club and a number of trainers in Australia. And it was used religiously by them and they were happy with the performance of the horse. And the horse lived a happy life and, and, and I used to be able to put my $5 each way on them and make a little bit of money to enjoy uh, what happened. <laughs> that's, that's, your, that's your cash flow revenue. That's, right. that's your revenue stream, mate. Right? Yeah, I will do that. And, no worries. Uh, so, I mean, we, we, a horse with our stuff won one of the richest races in the world at 99 to 1. Yeah. And, and the beauty is that the, the vets and the stewards have all declared it's not a performance enhancer. All it's doing aiding in digestion of the food. Yeah, which well, it is, and, which and, it is. They, and they use those already, don't they? Yeah, with any. Yeah. Cut them all out. Cut rid of their food. Yeah, just use this. Food. So, we, we're, I mean, we get pleasure out of that. You know, you don't need money. You just need those sort of rewards, basically. As long as you can live. As long as you can live, then then you can enjoy it. That's what we've been doing. So. Cliff, what a tremendous story. Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? Oh, it's wonderful. Just wonderful. And, um... from a little, well, I come from Newcastle. I went to Newcastle University College when I first started. And I decided I wanted to do something with chemistry when I was there. I went through the John Kern School of Medical Research, which was my aim. I set myself the aim of going there, which was unbelievable experience for me. And then I set off to do magic around the world in chemistry. And if only skilled kids could understand. Well, did you say magic? It is magic. Yeah. It is magic. Yeah, all science is magic. Yeah. And so you know, I, I just and this is what I try to get through to skilled kids. Your life is in your hands. Right? You can fix your health up, and you can set your goals, and you can achieve them. And I just you know, I always had it as my goal that I would not go anywhere. I would go to the best place in the world. And I'd get to the best place in the world to do my science. And I would work with the top scientists in the world. I wouldn't work with an observer. I wouldn't just because I want to go and, and do a tour of England or something. And a simple boy from Newcastle can do that. But if you just follow the rest of them along, you go nowhere. And so I, I think kids have to understand that the, the future's in their hands. I'll make sure that there's links on the site yeah. and uh, make sure that we can drop up a little bit of business for you. For yeah, it's well. good. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's something that the people enjoy uh, hearing about. That's something different. It's a great yarn. It's a freaking great yarn. They can, they can eat ginger. Um, and it's only ginger. It's a simple thing. It's what we want, a simple thing, which is non-toxic. No one's got an allergy to ginger. Unless they've had some commercial ginger, which is that sulfur dioxide. But normal ginger is non-toxic. They can have it, and they'll have a response to their health. And even the ones with the 70% of people who don't have the gene, they will get some benefit from the ginger. And especially if they make their own bread, they'll have much nicer bread. Mm. Oh, and, and more tender steaks. and More tender steaks. And they can enjoy a cake, which is nice. And, and you're also stripping more nutrition out of all these You're foods. getting the nutrition. Yes, yes. Instead yeah. of being passed through, you're actually getting You have to eat that. less. I mean, you have to eat less. The same with cattle. I can put weight on cattle like a shot. And with a human, they're going to put on weight, muscle weight. They're going to put on weight because we're now giving them really good nutrition. Yeah. Where before, most of us going out the other end. Yeah. 
And so they have to understand to cut back on the amount of feed. And, and exercise. Exercise and just get the right amount of feed and you'll have a really good life. Okay, so to wrap this up, what would you like to say to the people out there? Well, I, I think they have to work out their own futures themselves. I mean, the medical profession is important because they can diagnose the problem and do things. I don't, I'm not knocking the medical profession. But it's in your, your life is in your hands. So you have to make the decisions of what's going to be good. Don't follow fads which have got no science basis. There's a lot of things out there, alternative medicines, which are rubbish. There's no science behind them, they'll do you harm. I'm serious, they'll do you harm. Look for the science behind it. If, if the science is sound and the person is not some charlatan telling you about foo-foo dust, then you might follow it a bit further and try it out. My worry is all these people of royal intention, people who want to have alternative things, they listen to the, the latest crank and, and, and they tell me, what about this stuff? I said, for God's sake, don't have it. It's going to hurt you. And, uh, but they have it. And I, uh, why? Work out the science. You've got enough knowledge about this one. How is it going to help you? Don't believe them. Why? How is it going to help you? And for God's sake, don't do things which are natural to your body. Only do things which are natural for your body. And having a food like ginger is pretty natural to your body. So do that. Cliff, thank you very much for telling us your story. Yeah. Absolute pleasure, mate. Yeah, well, we'll be here for some years to come. <laughs> we'll send some people your way. Yeah, right on. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. G'day all, it's me again. Thanks for listening. And if you want more of that, remember that the entire chat is over at the site. And you can listen to what Cliff has to say in a lot more detail. He digs quite deep. There is also the detailed conversation, an hour-long conversation with Ant and Natalie about Christopher and that what they got up to. Like I said at the top of the show, if people act on this information, please whack your comments on the site, yourstorypodcast.com, so that others can find out about it and get some knowledge from your experiences as well. Remember, all information is welcome. Best of days.
eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.